Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Beginner's Mind series. And today all the HR folk, especially in India, are going to be super excited because the gentleman that we have today with us is known to be the father of the HRD moment in the country. I am talking about none other than Dr. T.V. Rao, who's the chairman of T.V. Rao Learning Systems Private Limited currently, who has 40 years of extensive work in the field of human resource development. Dr. T.B. Rao um, and Dr. Uday Parikh introduced the concept of HRD in India by starting the first HRD department in L&T. Professor Rao served as a professor at the IMM The Bath, of which I am also a proud alumnus. And all of you who have some connection with IMM The Bath, let us know in the comments section. Dr. Rao was then, he moved on to the L&T professor of HRD at XLRI Jamshedpur. Jamshedpur folks, XLRI folks, say hi to us in the comments section. From 1983 to 1985, he is the founder and first president of the National HRD Network, so immense contribution to the field of HRD in the country and the first honorary director of the Academy of HRD. He was also a visiting faculty at the Indian School of Business, Hyderabad, and was the HRD advisor to the Reserve Bank of India. Apart from his academic contributions, he has also contributed a lot to nation building through various initiatives. Dr. Rao has authored or co-authored or edited over 60 books, 60 books, ladies and gentlemen, dealing with organizational behavior, HRD, education management, health and population management, entrepreneurship, etc., and those are going to be the subject of those those very subjects are going to be the focus of our discussion today please join me in welcoming dr tv rao thank you thank you it's a thank pleasure you. to thank you very much Sebastian. It's a pleasure to have you with us, sir. Thank you for sparing the time uh, and, um, you know, immense contribution to the field of human resource development uh, in the country. Tell us, what was the vision behind when you started and when the first HR de department was founded, uh, um, when you started the first, conceived the first HR department in L&T, what was the vision back then and how have things changed over the years? Yeah, actually, when we started the department, uh, I would hardly say it started with anything like uh, a vision. It started as an exercise to look at the performance separation system mm -hmm. which had. Okay. Uh, the system itself was a fairly good system introduced by Professor at IIM Ambarbad, later joined as uh, Chief of HR at LNT, Dr. K. K. Anand. Okay. A great system in those days mm -hmm. in early 70s to start with self-appraisal and so on. Mm -hmm. So when we interviewed people, we found that uh, people are very able, are very unhappy with uh, not only performance appraisal. I think the question is uh, to various performance and performance appraisal. Then the question came, what do mm -hmm. you mean by performance? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think a series of uh, questions, we interviewed a number of people asking them what kind of uh, uh, a performance management system you would like to have. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. M. Nike was one of those whom I interviewed at the time. He was the okay. Indian manager, mm -hmm. manager at the time. Mm -hmm. So the I think the whole thing, the, the questions like this, that if I'm working, if I'm spending a major part of my waking life for the organization, mm -hmm. what is it that the organization is doing to make me feel a part of the family, feel happy? Mm -hmm. Because if I have to work, I have to feel happy. Right. So if uh, uh, I have to feel happy, I should know what I'm expected to do. Right. And there should be so someone to constantly monitor, guide, help, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So this led to the conceptualization of HRD. The, therefore, the purpose was every human being, every employee uh, brings with him a her 
phenomenal mm-hmm. amount of potential to the workplace mm-hmm. then we create conditions where people can discover their potential apply their potential and make a difference in the work life make people happy and enjoy work uh, to turn out to be a finally when conceptualizes the department mm-hmm. the department's job is to help uh, people to enjoy the work and uh, if uh, if they enjoy the work then they are able to contribute and feel the organization as a part of the family and they feel that uh, it's an extension of the family and so on and i'm sure we will all realize we spend a major part of our uh, waking life for the organizations for which we work so Indeed. the reason is to make people enjoy work today what we talk is happiness at the workplace and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is what finally it resulted in we did started that way. so i don't mm. say we started the department uh, as a vision exercise it started as a simple problem solving but mm. resulted in conceptualizing the human resource function and human resource development with a philosophy way of looking at things so we thought that personal department is not able to it's a, it's more control driven discipline driven that's mm-hmm. why we needed a new uh, set of people to think mm-hmm. of for creating uh, happiness that commitment culture mm-hmm. and competence these are the three core focal points of hr department okay build Great. competencies of people Mm-hmm. build commitment so that they they feel happy at workplace mm-hmm. and uh, build the culture so that whatever the organization stands for it has a lasting impact so now i mean if you want to call that a kind of a vision of course today we talk of hr not merely as a function to be mm-hmm. hr is a philosophy it's mm-hmm. a way of life it's a mm-hmm. way of life it's right. value driven mm-hmm. and it's not job of any more I mean that is the growth that has taken place between 1974 and now. Now I say HR is uh, uh, the job of everyone. Everyone is his or her own HR manager. True. You don't wait for the HR department to help you to grow and enjoy your work. I think you mm. have to take initiative and so on. No, that's I great. I think that's, that's that's what it was. That's great. I see how many interest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how 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 so many uh, great things emerge out of just simple problem solving exercises yes, as you just right. mentioned as you just mentioned yeah. uh dr rao in one of your videos i heard uh, that you were probably delivering a talk at the isha foundation uh, and you heard uh, sadguru um, make a remark that you know human resources probably not a great term to use one should use the word uh, human possibility right so um, you know and that's an interesting twist on that you know because re- resources limiting it's something like what can i extract from this person here possibilities are always endless so tell us i mean you know from your perspective and your vast experience how can business leaders create a culture of possibilities and not something that you know what can we take from this person here but how can we help this person flourish how can business leaders create that sort of a culture yeah actually when we after we started the human resource uh, function and human resource development uh, in uh, lnt mm-hmm. and what uh, people were talking about uh, uh, the negative side of calling human being as a resource Mhm. I have always uh, passively decided to say that uh, this is an English term resources mm-hmm. an English term. Mhm. The way we conceptualize human resources every human being is born with unlimited talent. True. And how do you recognize it nurture it and uh, develop it and use it that is the way we talk. Mhm. 
you know, over a period of time, what happened? Human resource uh, development became human resource department. Many mm. people renamed the personal department as human resource department. Mm-hmm. So that is one unfortunate thing that happened. But continue yeah. to do the same thing against which we uh, created a new department. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after a few more years, the human resource department dropped the human part of it and started functioning as a resource department. <laughs> that is when you started treating mm-hmm. people as, I think, uh, uh, even, even the recruitment has become procurement function. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I was quite disappointed that we started with a great philosophy and people are being reduced to targets, mm-hmm. numbers, mm-hmm. which was... That's why when Sadhguru mentioned, human is not a resource. It's mm-hmm. a crime to call it resource. Mm-hmm. I thought on it. I thought this is a good step to beat mm-hmm. all those who are treating human as a number mm-hmm. and that the resource, using a resource in a limited way. In fact, right. we land for... Uh, three, four years, a mm. program called Human is Not a Resource. At okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I won't, I mean, I, I always, and sidelines use it to say, human is not a resource, but it's an unlimited resource. Wow. I mean, it's a very way to look at it. But mm-hmm. I like the possibility because I think that's where you know, Sadhguru is very, very creative and I think very down to earth. In fact, you can look at human being as a possibility you have enormous opportunities for use every single person in an organization, outside the organization, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Prime Minister of our country is a good example. I think mm-hmm. in his younger days, he may have never thought that he's going to be a global leader, mm-hmm. not only a leader and things of that kind. Mm-hmm. So everyone, every human being has a potential that is their possibilities. Now to answer your question, mm-hmm. if you have to, if you, I mean, imagine if you have 10,000 employees in your company, what what kind of wonderful things can you do? Right. You don't treat them as numbers, mm-hmm. but as possibilities. Mm-hmm. So to me, most important thing that organizations require are required to do today is to create freedom and opportunity for people to explore. Wow. Freedom and opportunity mm-hmm. to explore. Organizations, we would say that we are not in the business of uh, getting people to explore. We are in the business of getting people to perform. Hmm. So tell them that, okay, you I, you get them to perform whatever is required. Hmm. But so much time that is available in a day, there are 24 hours and 8 hours if people are using for their own. 16 mm-hmm. hours, they are in the company for 8 hours. Why don't mm-hmm. we use at least the remaining 8 hours to see what kind of possibilities can be there. Mm-hmm. Even these 8 hours of work life is not really uh, all the time they are working. Yeah, they are working mm-hmm. for just a few hours since. Right. Give freedom and create some kind of a, a, a responsibility to, to complete your job. Mm-hmm. Many organizations are talking about moonlighting. Of course, mm-hmm. there's a lot of debate that is going on. Mm-hmm. How come these so-called skinned people are able to do two to three jobs at a time? <laughs> Great mean, question. Yeah. I mean, if they're able to do it, that means they have phenomenal potential. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you need to, therefore, why don't you create in your own organization opportunities for everyone to do uh, multiple kind of things? Mm-hmm. So, give freedom and uh, promote the commitment and treat them as uh, an unlimited kind of a resource, possibility. So, you you can, you know, I am reminded of the days, I was I worked for a year at Bharat Movers. that was in 1978 to set up the HR department. Okay. 
they recruited as somebody from armed forces you know it's a defense ministry company okay uh, an ordinary employee who is a kind of a, a senior workman started observing a lot of uh, wastage of material and he started building tool rooms at every place using the mm. wasted material okay and when you smell the entire concept of, i'm just giving an example like mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. so this is what i say i think you should give some freedom for people to experiment Mm -hmm. and uh, give or certainly I think clarify whatever responsibilities they have and create an enjoyable kind of a climate mm -hmm. I think that we want it octopus culture create that culture I think human beings can do a lot of uh, openness collaboration trust uh, right. productivity and confrontation experimentation and things like that this is what we call it there's so, a great takeaway there sir. yeah mm -hmm. I hope that answers your question it does that, sir it does it does and i think a great takeaway in this for all business leaders that uh, as you rightly said the objection from them is that we have not hired people to uh, explore we have hired them to perform but in the in the knowledge era in the economy that we are in right now they will not be able to perform unless they explore unless they innovate unless they question unless they create in fact some of the most successful companies in the world like google they they give uh, maybe 10% time or 20% time to employees to go out and just build something to explore something Absolutely. because yeah that's right. that's mm -hmm. exactly. mm -hmm. so that's a great point there so thank you for sharing that and uh, do you think uh, when you when you mentioned that you know we um, we have this mindset wherein we are just focused hardcore on the performance and not on the other aspects and then human resources hrd started as human resource development and then got reduced to a department um, what factors do you think might have been responsible for this so uh, in other words what i'm asking is what signals should business leaders be cautious about you know what sort of inertia or what sort of bureaucratic rules come in which destroy the essence of human resource development and reduce it to a mere department or procurement as you said yeah what happens is very understandably in order to get people to perform mhm mm on a set of rules and regulations right and over a period of time it looks as though organizations exist only to enforce rules and regulations <laughs> unfortunately personal department or even the hr department over a period of time Mm -hmm. Although the personnel changed its name to Human Resources, mm -hmm. started uh, taking care of performance management with vengeance. Mm -hmm. What I mean is, I think post liberalisation in India, you know, we have gone through the first ten years, nineteen ninety to two thousand. If you look at mm -hmm. lot of uh, multinationals entered, and we discovered that we are underperformers. If you even look at mm -hmm. and. then we started benchmarking with them started reducing workforce started increasing quality concerns started mm -hmm. cutting costs so so many things that have happened right so in all this hr uh, both positively as well as negatively now here to in, in response to your question more negatively mm -hmm. started using rules regulations and making sure there is discipline and making sure that uh, people follow the uh, whatever is required to be followed Mm -hmm. So I think the bureaucratic part of uh, human resource development has increased, right? Uh, and the development part, innovation part, uh, didn't get the kind of attention that is required. Mm -hmm. So that is one thing that has created this kind of a dissonance. That when mm -hmm. HR people, instead of for treating human beings as uh, possibilities, as we are mm -hmm. saying, 
So it is almost a, I think, a very comprehensive and all-round uh, kind of a role. In it fact, is. Particularly, I say, I mean, if you are in HR department, if you are titled as a HR guy, it is uh, God has given you a gift. Mm. I mean, the gift is that you are a private provider, you employ welfare provider, you are a community service provider. I mean, you need to recognize this and therefore start setting your priorities. Mm -hmm. Don't say that I am only a person who will only look after pension and provident fund and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I think you are more than that. No, that's great. We had a very interesting, uh, you know, I don't know, you may have seen our recent book, we just got released a couple of months ago. Leaders in the Making. Leaders in the Making. This is a book by Penguin Renamo. Leaders in the Making, okay. These are, mm -hmm. we, we uh, interviewed my colleague Arvind Lagarwan, who uh, was a uh, uh, president of RPG Group HR, he retired. Okay. He did his PhD uh, sometime late in his late 50s from mm -hmm. IIT Bay, and then uh, he has taken to writing this book. Both okay. of us interviewed 30 top level leaders in India, HR leaders, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we, we tried to draw some lessons from their lives. Mm -hmm. Now, in the case of one leader, as soon as he graduated from one of these top-level institutions mm -hmm. and joined as a HR officer in one of the companies, I think somebody uh, came to uh, came and applied for uh, provident fund uh, advance of a, mm -hmm. some enormous amount to take care of some family needs. Mm -hmm. And the HR manager apparently looked at the manual and he said, "Sorry, you are not eligible for this mm -hmm. as per book." Hmm. He said, you see, you are a, a graduate and a postgraduate from such a well-known institute and you are called HR manager. And hmm. you spent all your life to study all this and came here to tell me uh, what, what what does the rule book say? Mm -hmm. We would need you. Please find out a way to. He says, this comment of the workman hmm. uh, has changed his life in terms of saying, what am I here for? Hmm. Am I here to apply the rule book? It's a great hmm. wisdom that came up. He said, that is the turning point in my life. I, he said, as a HR manager, I'm going to look after the welfare of my people. At some. So mm -hmm. I'm saying this to say, I mean, this is the kind of spirit that is required mm -hmm. uh, in HR. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if, if I'm making sense in terms of... Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, um, I, I was uh, absorbing everything that you were saying and uh, the main message uh, that uh, stuck with me is that we must ask why. We must not forget the essence of why did I, why did I get into for all of the teachers out there. Ask yourself frequently, why did I get into this profession in the first ask place? Yeah. You're an yeah. HR manager. Ask yourself, yeah. why did I get into the profession of you know building people's capacities in the first place? You're a trainer, speaker, professor. Ask yourself, why did I get into this in the first place? Because what happens is over a period of time, sir, we begin to deviate from the original mission. The original driving force was something else, and other things take over, you know, whether it's well, the forms yeah. and the right. rules and the procedures. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great reminder there uh, yes. is to get in touch with your why. Why did I start yes. what I'm currently doing? Yeah. All right, my, my next question, um, and thank you so much for your answers so far. Very, very enlightening, very crisp and um, rich with experience. My next question, sir, is focused on uh, the opportunities that lie ahead for our nation. McKinsey's chairman was recently quoted uh, by saying, uh, he was saying that it, this won't be just India's decade, this would be India's century. So, and we see the signs all around us, you know, we're now the fifth largest economy in the world. 
there's a lot happening on the international stage. We have a young working age population that can do wonders. We have exported so many CEOs and business leaders across the world, so many management thinkers across the world. Um, I'm very optimistic about what lies ahead for our country. My question to you with your vast experience in leadership and organizational development is, uh, how, how do you think our education system, our schools and colleges, the way we teach and instruct our youngsters, how does that need to change so that we can supply the future pipeline of leaders for this nation, the leaders of our communities, the leaders of our businesses, and uh, the leaders of our organizations in the, in the near future? Yeah, I suppose to some extent the same thing I'm saying about HR departments acting like uh, uh, discipline managers rather than as uh, human possibility managers applies mm -hmm. to the educational institutions. Mm -hmm. I think we are producing a large number of uh, teachers who are syllabus followers. Mm. Nothing wrong with following the syllabus, but I think if you are only a syllabus follower, mm. then you are likely to create a lot more resentment and kill the talent. Mm. So you should be a syllabus creator. Mm. You should be a visionary, mm -hmm. uh, which means you need to have a hell of a lot of flexibility in a curriculum. Right now, the interesting thing that we observed in this book I mentioned about units in the making, every single leader from these thirteen leaders we interviewed remembered some of their professors ah. in the situations they went, mm -hmm. and you know what they remembered about these professors? Mm -hmm. Not the syllabus they taught. But the way they interacted with the student, the kind of projects they gave them, right. and the kind of examples they quoted, the way they were mm -hmm. available outside the classroom, the mm -hmm. way they encouraged and all those kinds. Wow. In my own life, I mean, I can tell you in my own life how teachers made difference in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if, if, if you ask me the question, who are the, some of the people who influenced me the most, mm -hmm. I would say my teachers. Mm. There was one professor who taught me uh, educational psychology at Regional College of Education, Baiso. Okay. You know, I started as a science graduate. I was a, I did my BSc Mathematics, Physics, Chemistry in Loyola College. Mm -hmm. Then I wanted to do my Master's in Chemistry. Then the principal of Loyola College felt that I'm too young to do my MSc. He said, you need two more years to be mature and come to a level where you can really understand and do well. Mm. I, he didn't tell me in so many words. Later, I assumed that. So I'll I'll give you a demonstrator job. Mm -hmm. And by morning, he calls me and he says there is a college called Regional College of Education in Mysore, okay. which was set by NCRD with Ohio State University collaboration. They are going to give stipend of seventy-five rupees per month. Okay. I will be the same as a demonstrator. You go and study their beard. You will get a degree and you will get your stipend. Then after you come, one more year of uh, so when I went to do my beard in this college, mm -hmm. at the end of my, I somehow, I think I used it to listen and learn in the class and talk to the institute, mm -hmm. the college. Then at the end, when I went to meet uh, my professor, he said, what are you planning to do? I said, mm -hmm. to be a demonstrator and that my MSc chemistry. He said, you'll be wasting your life. I said, mm. why do you say that? I have observed you, uh, you have a special aptitude in psychology. Okay. So you you should do your master's in psychology. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm a BSc. Nobody is going to admit a BSc for a master's in psychology. You need a BS psychology. Those days, mm -hmm. today, the has changed. Mm -hmm. So he wrote a letter to a professor, and the professor went out of way to admit me by mm -hmm. changing the rule of the university. This is, the, I'm talking about 1966. Mm -hmm. 1966. 
and I topped the university. So I'm mentioning all this to say these are the kind of professors who these 13 leaders remember. Mm -hmm. So coming to the education system, our education system should be not merely syllabus driven. I think there should be a lot more innovations driven, encouraging mm -hmm. people because you look at every student as an entrepreneur. Right. When you start your B.Tech or B.A. or B.Sc. in the mm -hmm. first year itself with a summer project, you are already opening up opportunities for people to test out their entrepreneurial talent. Mm -hmm. So, most important thing what is required in our education system is innovativeness, mm -hmm. flexibility, and I think to some extent our new education policy is in the right direction mm -hmm. because a lot of flexibilities are being introduced. But I think there Correct. should be people. So instead of doing your three-year degree across three years, why don't you take, if you want to do it, do it our, our, in six years or seven years. Uh -huh. You might produce wonderful entrepreneurs. True. Because when will I do for extend three years to six years when I'm stuck with an idea and I started working on it and mm -hmm. I have that opportunity. I think educational uh, in institutions have provided phenomenal opportunity. Our talent is uh, wonderful. In fact, I mean, since you asked me this question, uh, C.K. Pranalad, I'm sure you heard of C.K. Mm -hmm. Pranalad. Mm -hmm. C.K. Pranalad, the late, he is no more. Unfortunately, oh. he died a little uh, earlier than what uh, I think I wish he lived for longer. Mm -hmm. He made a lot of difference in the management world. I think mm -hmm. practically in U.S. he's considered as the number one management, actually globally. Uh, C.K. Uh, Pralad, after he did his uh, DBA at Harvard, he came to IM on the bath, spent a couple of years, mm -hmm. and then uh, went back to the uh, University of Michigan and then was there for many years. And that is mm -hmm. how I think he became a very famous professor. Mm -hmm. uh, he went to U.S. and became uh, world's number one management guru at some point mm -hmm. of time for many years. And then mm -hmm. invited by all fora of uh, India, including CII, Prime Minister and all of them. True. So why the point I'm mentioning is I have always said every professor who remained in IIM Ahmedabad didn't go back to Michigan University is a CK Pralat. Mm. But they are not famous like CK Pralat. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like I think you can say every Indian is an Arayan Murthy mm -hmm. or an Abdul mm -hmm. Every Indian has the potential to be an Abdul Kalam or Narayan Murthy or Kiran Majandarsha. Right. So what are we doing to create that kind of a uh, atmosphere, value, mm -hmm. and things like that? Mm -hmm. So that is where educational institutions have phenomenal opportunities to train the young people. They mm -hmm. should not get too much bogged down with this, uh, with with uh, following only guidelines. I think we need a lot more of those flexibility that exists in U.S. Right. It's it's a, it's happening. Like doctors joining MBA program, I think mm -hmm. is a very cool thing. Mm. We have an MF HRD for which the chairman is an MD in pediatrics. Okay. And later has done his PhD in marriage in human resources. Ah, to look after the little children in the organization. <laughs> right. So go on and on, uh, but uh, nice. I think we are phenomenal. I agree with you. India has phenomenal potential. Uh, every Indian, when he went out or she went abroad, has done marvelous job. Mm -hmm. And to ask is how do we convert India to be like other mm. countries which nurture talent mm -hmm. of the Indians who became Nobel Prize winners or uh, so many others. Or CEOs. So we, mm. we have that. We we somehow seem to be, I mean, there are two, three things in our culture mm -hmm. which are covering this. One is our, uh, we have, uh, we are a divisive mindset. 
Mm. Is there. Mm-hmm. All the time, I think somebody goes up, we are trying immediately, we're going to pull that person down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On one thing or the other, yeah. Why are you mm. bothered about others? Why don't you bring the out the best of you? True. I think this is, uh, you know, even in universities, this is a, why should there be restriction on number of professors? Yeah. And I am the I must draw your attention to this. Uh-huh. Uh, you know how much I think our, my colleagues like Maheshwari, Dr. Uh-huh. Maheshwari, talked to you about I am. Mm. In those days, in the 60s, when the institute was started, Dr. Sarawai, mm-hmm. there will only be two positions in I am. Ahmedabad, assistant mm-hmm. professor and professor. Okay. A young person is recruited, once he has done his PhD as an assistant professor, in three years he is reviewed, and if you are doing well, you are promoted as a professor, and for your lifetime you are a professor. Why? Okay. Because you don't have to be worried about when do I become mm-hmm. professor and play politics and so on. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. professor, assistant professor, whatever your designation is, has the same size room, same kind of a house, so that is the kind of equality mm. the in the 60s. Wow. Isn't institutions are meant to facilitate, to think more about what kind of research I do, how mm-hmm. do I empty students, how mm-hmm. do I innovate. Mm-hmm. So Not to that, fight amongst each other. Mm. That flat structure of I mm-hmm. am on the ball. Mm. And equality and peer culture, yeah, I think even we use it to call, even today that culture exists, everyone is on first name, including right. the director. Mm-hmm. When Dr. Ajit Patel, Reserve Bank of India governor, joined IIM on the board as director, mm-hmm. first he used it to insist on people calling, I mean, taking appointments, writing notes, and calling him. In six months, he ch- shifted first name. Mm-hmm. And people tend to call him IG. Mm-hmm. Because there's a strong culture that, that changed Dr. Patel. Wow. Uh, that, that's a great example there because, you know, that's the power of a great culture. Is how when you when you become a part of it, you assimilate. You yes, become absolutely. a part of it, and it, that yeah. is the legacy of a of a institution like I am. That they, it's such a strong culture is there that even yeah. when you go with a different mindset, you blend in. You change yourself so yeah. that yeah. you take on that. No, that's great. That is what most education institutions, if they can move on to this, you mm. don't need a great change. Yes, I think we are mm. all the time struggling with salary structure of professors. <laughs> Or, or petty politics, or uh, maybe you know flattery, or praising the uh, the owner yeah. or the or the okay. principal or whatever. I think great message there for everyone in the education fraternity. If you are listening, uh, is that spend less time in the other nonsense and focus Absolutely. more on the core things. Yeah, and I love what you said, sir. That that thing is very very clear. Don't just be a syllabus follower. Be a syllabus yeah. creator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which means uh, the, I don't know. Some somehow we I feel we have a strong predisposition to following the rules. You know, uh, it yeah, should be yeah. if it's coloring exercise for the kids. It should be coloring within the lines. You know, we forget the essence of the exercise is to draw out creativity. Uh, yeah, so really let nice. the child color a little bit outside the line. Let them be creative because. Uh, you know, World Economic Forum, they just published the list of the top skills required for the future. And at the right at the yeah. top is creativity and innovation. Uh, yeah. So are you, I, I love what you said. I think it's worth repeating. Don't just be a syllabus follower. Be a syllabus creator. Yeah. Rise yeah. above the division of uh, whatever divisions of religion or caste or what language you speak or what part of the country you come from. Take pride in the fact that we have this one strong identity, the identity of being an Indian. And let's see how we can contribute to that. 
the freedom fighters of our nation, those who laid down their lives, did not lay down their lives for us to fight among each others. They laid down their Absolutely. lives to see the glory of this nation among the top countries in yes. the world, which I'm so optimistic that during our lifetime, we will see our country going to great height. Uh, but we need to contribute to that today. So thank you so much for adding those uh, valuable points. Um, and you spoke about talent and, you know, how... Uh, there are a lot of, you must have seen a lot of talent exodus, sir, in your time, whether it's professors or students from IIMs going to different parts of the world, I think, especially in North America or other other Western countries um, during that time. First of all, let me say a word of thanks for those who stayed behind or those who decided to come back after gaining your international experience. I personally know many, both at IIM Lucknow and at IIM Ahmedabad, professors who spent time in different parts of the world and then decided that India is going to be their home. My own journey is a reflection of that. I spent 10, 11 years outside in the nation in five different countries and decided to come back. So first of all, let me say thanks to those who decided to stay back because it's thanks to you that uh, our youth has access to this international world-class level of thought thought leadership. Uh, and also, I, I invite your thoughts on this subject uh, of talent exodus, um, or what, what known by different names, or migration of talent, or brain drain, or etc. Do you think it's inevitable in a world where the borders are shrinking in a globalized world? Or do, do, do you feel that we as a country have lost a lot of good people to other parts? And, um, or, and if yes, what are some steps that we could take in order to you know, uh, retain talent here? Well, I have probably a slightly different viewpoint than most people uh, mm -hmm. may have. I mm -hmm. am not bothered about uh, uh, anything like talent migration because mo mm -hmm. most of the cases that I have known are people who migrated but continued to contribute here. Okay. Both by being there, I think they have built a brand of Brand India because mm -hmm. of their contributions elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I think in the global world, it is very important to build Brand India. Even True. I think Nobel laureates, mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, keep coming back to our country. Yeah. And I think they study the country and so on. And they also mm -hmm. contribute in terms of foreign exchange. But mm -hmm. more than any, I think it is uh, the opportunities they got, they were able to do quite a bit of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not re really bothered about brain. I think this is a good way to disseminate India. Right. Certainly, uh, many of them who go there... Uh, I think I've trans transported Indian culture. Uh, I suppose maybe the good part of it, if nothing, I think a bit of the spiritualism. Now mm -hmm. it is yoga which is getting transported, and true. Uh, I think that many good things are happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not too much bothered about. Uh, I think in a boundary uh, less world, or world with thin boundaries, mm -hmm. the more and more talent goes to impact other country, other countries. Mm -hmm. As long as they continue to contribute back directly or indirectly, I am mm -hmm. not so much. But what I will be more keen is how can we create a, a climate in our country where we treat everyone as a Sikha Pralat and respect mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. I think you are saying, I thank all those who stayed here. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very important that you thank them, but we also need to recognize and mm -hmm. we also help them to expand their talent because mm -hmm. most people who stayed in back in our country mm -hmm. I mean or staying while they are contributing they can do a lot more within our country right so more than I think uh, putting any stop on the uh, anything like brain drain mm -hmm. I 
put a lot of emphasis on multiplying brain multi within our own kind of a country. Mm -hmm. Talent development expansion. I think we have we have phenomenal uh, uh, mites mm. in India. So I think how we produce more Kiran Majumdar Shahs, more mm. uh, Narayan Murthis or Ajit Premjis. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I think that is what we need to. We should have millions of uh, Murthis and uh, Premjis uh, in our country. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what I would uh, I would uh, focus so much on. So True. brain pain does not really bother me. I think some bit of it always comes back. It uh -huh. is those people who I know I have always given back quite a bit to the country. But right. if some people have decided to, I think they are bright people, they have decided to stay there and contribute to other countries, it's okay. I think I'm, 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 that doesn't bother me at all because for every one person that leaves this country, there are 99 others who are here in this country. And Indeed. I would invest on them to build them up. Absolutely. And make them yeah. like that one person left. Yeah. Rather than people worry about uh, somebody has left and how do mm -hmm. I prevent him from going? No, I think I'll encourage them to go, go disseminate uh, whatever uh, great things exist here and then do come back whenever you can. Mm -hmm. I was reminded, you know, because you asked me this question, I must tell you. When mm -hmm. I joined again in Ahmedabad, sometime I joined in 1973. Mm hmm. In 75, I used to work closely with Ravi Mathai, who was the first full-time director after okay. that. Mm -hmm. In those three years, I found at least about a dozen faculty from IIM Ahmedabad going to USA. And then I asked Ravi, Ravi, I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised that how we is a great institute. Why are people leaving? Mm. He said, you know, we have a policy. We have an open-door policy. They can go to USA, teach there and come back anytime and look at all the places where they have gone. They have gone to all great institutions to teach. Mm -hmm. And look at some of them who are here. They have gone there, taught and come back. Mm. So he said, and that was a very interesting thing. He said, certain amount of this kind of a uh, going abroad is good for me because I get to know what is happening in the rest of the world. Right. That, mm -hmm. that, that's a, so that's why I said I have a slightly different point of view. No, that's a great perspective. That's a great perspective. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they come back. They come back rich with their experiences, with a different horizon. And as you rightly said, they export so many things about the culture. The world yeah. uh, gets to experience them. Students in other parts of the world listen to them, and so many misconceptions go away. And right. the, this sort of soft power, the respect. Uh, for whether it's Indian doctors or professors or business leaders that, you know, that, that in different parts of the world that they have earned over the last 70, 75, 80, or even before, uh, you know, whether it's now in the tech space or earlier it was in other areas or trading or whether yeah. it was other professions earlier. Um, th that respect definitely adds to the international image of the of the country. So that's a great respect. Yeah, only one point, uh, Simranjit, mm -hmm. I want to mention is some mm -hmm. people who have come back to India with love mm -hmm. for this country, mm -hmm. who set up their enterprises or tried to set up their enterprises, got quite frustrated and again went back. Mm. This particular set of, uh, I mean, these experiences bother me a bit. Mm. Not with these people, but because of the bureaucracy we have. Agreed. Lack of, lack of mm. I think we are saying a lot about, I think, making, doing business, making it easy in the country. But I think we mm -hmm. still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to change. We need to True. make our uh, entire bureaucracy a lot more positive, responsive. And education systems also respect these entire culture. Culture mm. respects. I think people coming from abroad, if they're here, I think we are by now, we have seen enough and then we do respect them.
Yeah, but of course. I, bureaucracy, I think, mm. is something which we need to really work on. Definitely. Doing business should be made a lot more easier in our country. Well, I hope someday there is a separate department for uh, returning Indians, you know. Uh, <laughs> it would be a great idea and it'd be a great, it's, it's always comes in my mind. I said, I wish, you know, somebody would take this up and make it happen. Uh, yeah, which is, have, point, a, yeah. have a relocation department for any Indian in any part of the world who wants to come back and set up anything here, a restaurant or a hotel or a... Uh, institution or a school or a college or a university or an IT company ha do the handholding because you know it's a two different worlds. Sometimes just things. Uh, when I relocated back, sir, you know, I had to yeah. open a bank account and you know to open the current bank account, I needed a partnership deed and have that registered. And some of the things I found very difficult. It was very there were long queues everywhere. I did not understand the rules. People were not on their desks. But God was very kind. You know, I met. It is through the networks that made life easier for me. So just close to where my office is, I had a chartered accountant, young guy living next door. So yeah. I went to him, I talked to him, he, he got everything done for me and brought it home. So that one person made my life so much easier. And I, and I just I imagine the scenario if, in which I did not, in which if I would not have had his help, I would have had to go to so many different places, go through a lot of hassle, and I would be frustrated in the process. So I think uh, it would be a great idea if we have maybe yes. a department which welcomes and does the hand-holding, and we can have yes. so, so many good people coming back. But yeah, I'm sure someday that will happen, or uh, we will make it happen. So thanks, thanks for that. Now, t talking about um, you know spreading the wisdom to other parts of the world, and um, you know uh, the building the intellectual capital. My next question is going to be, who are the people that you look up to or have looked up to as far as um, leadership or culture building or some of the things that you are passionate about? What, what are sort of the books that you are passionate about that you would recommend to our, our uh, viewers today? Well, as far as the people are concerned, as I mentioned to you, I think uh, some of the teachers who taught me, I think are the ones who I, I never realized for quite some mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. that they have an amount of impact on me it's simply because we knew more as friends and that we interacted is only after some of them have gone i started realizing what a phenomenal impact one person i mentioned i already mentioned is ravi mathai mm -hmm. with whom i worked uh, in 1973 i joined we both constituted education systems unit mm -hmm. and we used it to share very private person and introverted mm -hmm. as director mm -hmm. i am Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how, I mean, his time is, they say, is a golden period and all that. Of course, he created a culture with every subsequent period also was golden period. Mm -hmm. uh, Ramin Mathai, if you, uh, I don't know if you heard some background, he was uh, actually, uh, a, he was uh, an executive in one of the companies. And mm -hmm. I think he was John Mathai's uh, uh, son. Okay. Uh, and had, therefore, all the connections with the, uh, uh, with those days, John Mathai was the first uh, Reserve Bank uh, chair as well as Finance Minister, Railway Minister, Pandit Nehru's cabinet, I and see. so on. Okay, okay. All mm -hmm. kinds of stories. But mm -hmm. uh, Ravi Mathai, as a student from Allahabad University, went to Oxford mm -hmm. and returned as an executive, I think, in one of the Tata companies. Then he, when he joined IIM Ahmedabad, I think mm -hmm. he was, you know, what got uh, Sarabhai. And those days, uh, uh, Prabhas Tandon, who is it with Chairman of IIM on the lot, who I'm, sh I'm sure you heard of the name of Prabhas Tandon. Mm -hmm. In the Sun, he was chaired, then later Punjab National Bank and so on. 
they both came and ravi made a excellent director of creating a culture in the institute right. so he is one of the people who impacted me because those 10 years we walked along uh-huh. we used we were working largely in rural areas right i on the bad you know was set up as a management school harvard okay. wanted be indian in stop business management mm-hmm. but so many insisted and said no we don't want to be business managers we want to be managers because we believe management is for all sectors of the society mhm so mm-hmm. instead of only work with business it will work on cooperatives work on education work right. on health and population mm-hmm. so ravi he stepped aside as director of i am amdabad started working in uh, education systems rural Rajasthan we all used to go there okay and you share a lot of his thinking about the way he conceptualized the institute mm-hmm. the way they did the culture and so on. so i learned a hell of a lot from him and uh, professor ulai pari whose name we have mentioned with whom i worked for so many years he died mm-hmm. in mathai died in 84 1984 mm-hmm. uh, many years is a great learning experience he sure. was never professor he was my colleague at i have on the bath but a phenomenal learning i have had from him well as i say these are teachers as far as the leaders are concerned and whenever i read a leadership story mm-hmm. i am quite i'm quite excited and it's a great learning like leaders have one word is about indira gandhi's mm-hmm. or these 30 leaders their own lives mm-hmm. and earlier long ago i read lives of uh, narayan murthy because i mm-hmm. interacted with narayan murthy he used mm-hmm. to work with me but by the time i joined he left already mm-hmm. uh Ryan Murthy and the lives of Kiran Majumdar Shah, Dr. Mm-hmm. Devi Chetty. I think he's a great doctor. Mm-hmm. I wrote about some of these people in my book. Uh, if by chance you happen to see my book, sure. Uh, effective people. That is the book I wrote. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that book has many people, some civil servants. And civil servants, one of the persons who impacted me most is one Anil Bodia. Okay. Anil Bodia used to be education secretary. Mm-hmm. And there is another Indrajit Khanna, very simple person. Mm-hmm. He retired as chief secretary. In fact, he he maintained detailed data about every assignment he had. Okay. From wow. he maintained detailed data about what happened in your in his school. Yeah, uh, in his school he was uh, he was a classmate of Amitabh Bachchan. Oh, okay. So he had later when he went to the Masuri Academy, he was shortest among the. Uh, people who went for ias but still i think he came first in the uh in one of those horse uh, exercises and things like that okay so the he wrote a book recently mm-hmm. uh about his entire life talking about every single assignment he has a very impressive kind of a thing how to lead an ordinary life you are a civil servant mm. and i think he was in a he is not he not one of those land boy and civil servants mm. mm-hmm. they're very i think sincere committed to job he held about 12 different positions including these that of secretary of ugc and so on mm-hmm. so i think i can go on with this mm-hmm. uh, doctors mm-hmm. uh, i think these are very impressive and i must tell you mm-hmm. people who impressed me who i probably have not met except casually from a distance mm-hmm. are people like nt ramarao mm-hmm. who was dr was our hero the telugu mm-hmm. all his mm-hmm. films Mm. have impacted quite a lot nice mm. uh so much so when he became chief minister mm-hmm. once he happened to i don't know how he got to know something about my work and i am he mm. invited me to 
start a school, which never happened because by the time I made up my mind, his government fell and all that. Uh, he is a hero mm. uh, in films. So films have had phenomenal impact on my Oh, wow. So I've been a number of things. I That's think. nice. And what's interesting is the variety of things. And I think there's a great lesson for for all of us here. Don't be monotonous in what you allow to influence you. You know, go and seek variety yeah. of influences, whether it's business yeah. leaders or politicians or sports persons or civil yeah. servants or uh, film stars. Absorb multiple influences and they make you very, very rich. We've taken up a lot of your time, sir. And before we let you go, what is the one? What is the one thing that you would like as your parting words to our audience? Uh, you know, for future leaders of this nation and beyond, because our show is watched not just by people in India but by people across the world. So, what is the one thing you would like to leave us with as we close today? Well, I think one one thing I would like to say is that uh, all of us are born talented, irrespective mm -hmm. of where you are born. Mm. I think it is important for us to constantly make effort to discover what we are talented wow what is what is there mm -hmm. and that you can do only by constantly exploring don't mm -hmm. limit yourself to one thing if you mm -hmm. are succeeding go ahead and continue to succeed but mm. a point of time we want to take off get into something totally different mm -hmm. keep exploring your talent and multiplying your talent keep looking and wow. work and uh, i think the best way to build yourself is by giving in mm -hmm. fact in my article, if you have seen my years mm -hmm. at I, my entire thesis is in giving to others, you get a lot. Mm -hmm. When you use organizations as platforms for learning, mm. platforms to give, mm -hmm. you end up getting. Right. Don't expect organizations to give you. Mm. Expect yourself to give to the organization. That is the right. best way. That's, That's that beautiful. Way. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, well, that is uh, you're very absorbing, very nice. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great. It was great listening. I was. Pers I think. Um, I'm, I'm. I'm sure all the everybody in the audience will gain. But I have also gained a lot today. And uh, especially what you said towards the end. Don't just limit yourself to one aspect of your talent explore other aspects also and when and work from the mindset of a giver i'll just close with this somebody just asked me recently sir i want to be a leadership coach but i want to be i i think i have wisdom inside me i want to share with people but simaji tell me if i will go and share this will they listen will i get people to listen to me and i said well you know what in my faith in sikhism what we do is uh, on all the holy days we do the langar we cook holy yes, the food yes. and we take it somewhere and we um, arrange a stall and but when we go there is absolutely no doubt in our mind that people will come we, uh, we, we go with the faith that we are here to serve and what happens right. you know yeah. what we expected the food will last at, uh, or last us all day it is finished in the yeah. next two through three hours so yeah. <laughs> if you work from that mindset of giving the prasada uh, to other people uh, you will find that the, you will attract the right kind of people and you will become richer in the process. Uh, Dr. Rao, absolute pleasure having you, you here today. Thank you so much. That's very much. Thank you very much. Thank you once again. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.